morning, Goldendale, and hello to all of my fellow liberty-loving Americans all across the fruited plains. This is the host who loves you the most, Luke Throop, here on another thrilling, thought-provoking Thursday. Friends, Torch Report 222. What comes next? We will be assessing the various threats that are, in fact, being advanced by the global cabal night and day, 24-7, 365, while we sleep, eat popcorn, and otherwise try to ignore what the hell is happening in the world. Now, friends, with that said, you know, game on here. U.S. officials are once again warning Americans, warning, 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 there's an upcoming winter surge in COVID cases. And Dr. Fauci claims this is going to be driven by new, more dangerous variants. Pause. You know, haven't we heard this story before? You know, come on, Luke, talk about something new. You know, meanwhile, friends, you think it might not happen, but Japan, Japan is grappling with the fallout from its seventh wave of COVID. Seventh wave. Wow, they're way ahead. You know, their government officials, Japanese officials, are scrambling to extract the lessons that might prevent the worst case scenario from the upcoming twindemic of flu and COVID striking simultaneously between now and next spring. And their solution, these brilliant Japanese strategists, their solution is to just keep running scared. And I quote, the end of the pandemic may be in sight, but the most important message is that we shouldn't stop running yet, says Fumi Sakamoto, the infection control manager. Now, Fumi Sakamoto is quoting the World Health Organization saying the pandemic's not over yet. So when we hear U.S. officials warning of an upcoming winter surge and Dr. Fauci saying it's going to be a more very dangerous variant, we think, oh, we've heard it before. Well, then realize the seventh wave of COVID has crashed upon Japan and they're still running scared, saying that we shouldn't stop running yet. Moreover, friends, according to Sakimoto, Part of the problem was that the government kept emphasizing the lack of restrictions, which sent the wrong message that people were free to do whatever they wanted. This made the wave worse. Pause. Can you imagine that? The government saying, hey, you know, you're free to do whatever you want. That's the wrong message. Hello, you know. Okay, continuing on, Sakamoto says, I think the phrase no restrictions was taken out of context, leading many people to ignore the various conditions attached to going about life as daily uh, as a free human being. The various conditions attached, such as wearing masks and getting vaccinated. So according to Fumi Sakamoto, the Japanese infection control manager, you know, the only way that uh, we can get through the seventh wave of the pandemic is that we just keep running scared with a mask on and a needle stuck in our arm. Anyway, Sakamoto goes on to claim that hospitals were once again overrun by the seventh wave. Everyone needed to get their boosters. Everyone should keep wearing masks because masks are one of the most effective tools to reduce risk. You know, despite the fact that this is an outright farce, there are government officials pushing this story. All right. So what, Luke? Who cares? You know, the point I want to make here is that COVID is still ravaging the world. That's the story they're selling. It's happening everywhere right now, especially in Asia and Europe. And there is no doubt that it will soon be striking fear in the hearts and minds of people right here at home. Friends, they are priming the psychosis as we speak. 
Of course, the uh, the threat of the invisible enemy is overhyped. We know we don't need to be afraid of COVID-19, but there are many people who do not seem to uh, get that this virus is not an existential threat to humanity. The existential threat to humanity is the invisible hand of the global cabal around the throat and the neck of humanity, Okay, suffocating the human spirit under oppressive government regulations. But, you know, this invisible th- enemy, the, uh, the virus, is overhyped. But then I got to thinking, you know, what if it wasn't overhyped? You know, what what if some mad scientist did something stupid, like, uh, say, created an even more deadly strain of COVID that could evade immunity and terrorize humanity? What if that happened? Oh, my gosh, it might actually be the zombie apocalypse. Well, (laughs) thanks to the brilliant researchers at Boston University, we now have just that. Just in time for Halloween, researchers at Boston University say they have developed a new COVID strain that has an 80% kill rate. That's a new way of phrasing it, right? They say it's an 80% kill rate following a series of similar experiments first thought to have started the global pandemic that began in China. So after infecting mice to determine the lethality of this new lab-crafted chimeric virus, this team of mad scientists at the Boston University then infected human cells and discovered that the deadly variant was up to five times more infectious than Omicron, making this the most contagious and lethal variant ever created. Jeez, what could go wrong? You know, of course, you know, there's been a little bit of public pushback and some outrage over the news. But friends, don't think that's going to stop them or slow them down. You know, there's big money flowing into this type of research, even though Fauci denies it. It's happening all across the country. Reading from the appropriately titled article, We Have We Learned Nothing, uh, we learn it's not just the lab at Boston University that poses an Armageddon-like threat to Americans. Boston University's National Emerging Infectious Diseases Laboratories is one of 13 biosafety level four labs in the U.S. These labs handle the most dangerous pathogens out there, and one whoopsie could kill millions. There are other facilities in Texas, Atlanta, and Kansas, end quote. So there you have it, friends. Follow the money. And at the end of the money trail, there's a lot of death, as we were just discussing yesterday. But let's go ahead and zoom out. Zoop! out. Let's play a little bit of geopolitical chess, shall we? Because in our interrelated world, nothing happens in a vacuum. Just like the U.S. officials are pointing to Europe and Asia as indicators of what might happen next with regards to the virus, so too can we look abroad to determine the other pieces that are at play in this game for global dominance. And there are three three threats, friends. I think three threats that every patriot should take note of. Of course, this is not the uh, the smoke and mirrors out there, but this is out there. I think the 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 pulse that's going on out there, the signal amidst the noise. Number one. We need to understand that weaponized government agencies continue to run rogue. They're running amok and getting away with it in broad daylight. Okay. Number two, the greatest threat, uh, the next, I don't know if these are like uh, sequentially, they're not necessarily in this order, but the number two threat I would like to point out is central bank digital currencies are gaining momentum. And number three, probably the most greatest threat of all, is that they are coming for your food. Now, 
Sometimes the greatest threats are those things which are not on the radar. So these things aren't really out there in the news that much. But with so much information flowing through any given moment, <clears throat> it's, uh, it's easy to be distracted and lose sight of what the invisible hand is doing. So I always ask the question, and what are these evildoers up to? And right here on the home front, friends, the utter lack of accountability for flagrant political corruption continues to go unchecked. The much-anticipated Durham report, you know, the Durham trials and all that, they're going to hold some accountability from Comey and all these punk asses that were uh, trying to overthrow the outcome of the 2020 election. You know, they promised to provide evidence about everything that went wrong in the 2020 election. But this Durham, you know, trial has petered out into nothing, much like the J6 show trials. Lock her up! Nah, you know, remove those who lied under oath from office. Nope. You know, convict any number of corrupt politicians for committing felonies and violating their oaths of office. No, friends, that's not going to happen. Restore Americans' faith in government institutions and the political process. Friends, that's not really the plan. You know, we are, oh gosh, there's going to be justice, there's going to be accountability, but it never actually happens. Remember Bill Gates predicting that we are headed for a hung election and a civil war? Keep that in mind uh, when you think about the Durham trials, when you think about the lack of accountability, when you think about the rampant election fraud pouring in across the country and you know the fact that the public is going to be pressed into this political fever pitch ahead of the midterms. Keep that in mind. Are we headed for a hung election in the Civil War? I don't know. Bill Gates happens to be right a lot, maybe because he's the money behind the uh, – and the guy behind the curtain pulling the strings. I don't know. I know he's not alone. And he's probably just a stooge in the big game of things. But here, you know, our country and our culture are undergoing a controlled demolition. That's the bigger picture, friends. The American government will be left intact, but only to the extent that the installed leadership agrees to the international agenda set forth by the global cabal. So, you know, hung election, civil war, well, maybe, but you know what, they're to, to ensure peace and stability, they're going to keep a certain uh, semblance, uh, a facade of the American government in place. Okay? They don't need to destroy the government. It's because they're using governance, right? It's not new world government, it's uh, new world governance. Anyway, you know, but if the pesky American peasants try to interfere with the fundamental transformation of America, of our culture, of our country, say by electing more constitutional candidates who have the courage to disrupt the political establishment, if that happens, friends, there will be consequences. Pain is part of the plan. At this point, they've come too far to turn back now, and there's really no way they can let us win. Because come on, you think about it. Think about it. If, if there was a, a massive outcry, so much public support for accountability for political corruption. Imagine if that happened. Can you imagine that happening? I can't imagine that. It's never going to happen it, because they control you know, the flow of information. They control the media. They got all this. You can't get people. We're not coordinated enough to fight back against this. Uh, oh, you know, I don't even know what you want to call it. You know, this tyrannical takeover. But, you know, and hence the weaponized government agencies, you know, 87,000 IRS agents and, and et cetera, et cetera. There are more armed federal bureaucrats than there are uh, U.S. Marines. I don't know if you recall that, learning those stats uh, last week or so. But realize that these weaponized government agencies are merely control apparatus. You know, they, they are like well-positioned pieces on the chessboard. 
set in place to keep our counter moves in check. Okay, they're like the fences almost, the sentries, you know. Knowing this doesn't necessarily reveal the enemy's strategy or intent. Knowing there's political corruption, knowing we've got weaponized government agencies, that doesn't uh, tell us necessarily what they're up to. And that's where the torch report comes in. Friends, as I do strive always to share with you the truth you can trust, not because I ask you to take my word for it, but because I present the primary sources that spell out exactly what the cabal is up to. Now, we know that they want total control. So what's their next move? You know, they want to capture the flow of money and the food supply. That's the answer. You know, it's a double blow. According to a report issued by the Bank for International Settlements, which, by the way, this is a big fish. This is like a top dog bank, okay? And they say, I quote, an increasing number of central banks are in the advanced stages of exploring a CBDC. Compared with last year, the share of central banks currently developing a CBDC are, or running a pilot are, have almost doubled. Also, 62% are conducting experiments or proofs of concept. So what they're telling us is that uh, all the banks are getting on the train. Hey, we're going to the digital currency train. It's going to be fun. You know, like I've said, this transition to digital currency is going to happen whether we want it to or not. Resistance is futile. Though resist, we must, you know, because it will be used as a tool of oppression against political dissenters, against, you know, the bitter clingers and the ignorant peasants, okay? Even... The deputy managing director of the IMF, the International Monetary Fund, Mr. Bo Lee, has openly acknowledged that CBDC's usefulness in controlling what people can and cannot spend their money on. He says, and I quote Mr. Bo Lee, by programming CBDC, meaning that they get to program the money, right? That money can be precisely targeted for what kind of people can own it and for what kind of use this money can be utilized for. For example, food. Okay. Two things. What kind of people can own it? So do you get your money? What's your social credit score? Okay. And then what can this money be used for? Like food or, you know, other essentials to survive, you know. By the way, uh, interestingly enough, prior to helping the international banking cabal centralize control through a global digital currency, Mr. Bo Lee worked for many years as none other than the People's Bank of China. You know, he was reforming the state-owned banks and drafting China's anti-money laws and, and establishing China's policy framework and, and all that good stuff, you know. Friends, qualifications matter. <laughs> you know, who better to transition us to, you know, global control, central control of the of the global currency than a communist? You know, but did you catch it? I just want to point out, you know, Bo Lee did tip the cards a little bit when he admitted that they want to control your money so they can control your food. That was his example. And I believe that was no coincidence. You know, after all, they have been aiming to control the production and consumption for years, production and consumption uh, food for years. It's a commie tactic. You know, they want to ensure that humanity is safely restricted to a state sanctioned sustainable diet. You know, here's their rationale. 
Reading from a uh, recent report, the One Health Joint Plan of Action, it says, quote, the COVID-19 pandemic and its profound impact on human health, society, and economies around the world highlighted the interconnectedness between biodiversity, a healthy environment, food systems, and our health, and has revealed vulnerabilities at all levels. The COVID-19 crisis has reinforced the urgent need for an integrated One Health approach to pandemic prevention, end quote. If you read between the lines, you would find here that this uh, these vulnerabilities, risk, risk, warning, warning, you know, but the interconnected biodiversity, healthy environment, and food systems, you know, in order to prevent pandemics, we have to take control of the food supply. That's what they're saying in a nutshell. And again, that passage comes from the latest uh, Joint Plan of Action released by the WHO. And this One Health approach is the one agenda to rule them all, which we've talked about prior. Uh, But here we find them tying our food systems to planetary and public health yet again. And this, in their twisted minds, justifies controlling what you can and cannot eat. Friends, (laughs) the full 86-page report is it's it's illuminating, you know, as they spell out their theories of change and operational objectives and guiding principles, you know, it's fascinating. Wow, they're so organized, but I doubt many people will actually read it. Of course, except for the people who are in on the plan. This report lays out their activities, their deliverables, and a timeline of action that aims to coordinate collaboration, communication, and capacity building. And what, again... Are we up to we the people, we the peasants of the world? You know, what are we working on again? How are we going to withstand this onslaught of oppressive government uh, authority? Hmm. You know, friends, when I tell you that they're coming for your food, I'm simply reading from their own reports. We've talked about this at length. When I when I talk about they're making new manufactured viruses and all that, I'm reading from their own reports. You know, this threat of government oppression is coming from their own reports. But back to the food for a second, you know, uh, because we've talked about this at length, the food supply, trying to take over the food supply, trying to take over the uh, the means of production and consumption. This is very much their plan and it is very much straight out of the Communist Manifesto. Okay. But I do believe they will be rapidly advancing this portion of their strategy in the near future. Consider, if you will, that just this week, October 17th, 2022, the WHO launched a new global strategy for food safety. A global strategy for food safety. And the top priority on the top of their list is strengthening national food control systems. I've got a little screenshot there in the article, Fred. You can read it if you'd like. You know, this, they claim, is all meant to keep people safe from bad food. But in reality, their words reveal their strategy. You know, you read through, they look what they're talking about. They're talking about identifying challenges. And identifying challenges requires greater surveillance. And greater surveillance drives more data. And the data is then compiled to communicate risk. And evidence of risk, once created by the government, then justifies the government taking control of our food systems and facilitating a, quote, food systems transformation, end quote, wherein they capture the means of production and consumption and enforce sustainable diets. Not what you want to eat, what they tell you you get to eat. Friends, do not forget that the road to hell is paved with good intentions. So they may be saying and claiming that they want to keep you safe, but they're lying through their damn teeth and they want you to starve. (laughs) Ah, friends, whether it's government-funded gain-of-function research, uh, creating new deadly viruses, 
viruses, variants and viruses, whether it's weaponized government agencies being used for political oppression or international banksters crashing economies to institute a new digital currency or the global cabal coming after your food. Friends, there is certainly no end to the evil shenanigans. It's a wild time to be alive. But friends, there is no better place to be than right here, right now. <laughs> if you are enjoying this podcast, friends, please do me the great honor of clicking that little heart and giving me some love. Subscribe if you have not subscribed already. And don't forget the greatest honor of all is if you share this with everyone you know. Friends, get out there and embrace this thrilling, thought-provoking Thursday, and I'll look forward to talking to you again soon.